Hello and welcome to the Supernatural podcast with me, Jill, and my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are talking about, oh, this is such a good subject. I can't believe we've not spoken about this before, but this is amazing. And it is how your body gets rid of fat. Because like we all think that we poo fat out or that it miraculously turns into muscle or all of that jazz, but it doesn't, does it, Dan? No, there's a lot of myths and a lot of disinformation. I suppose like me and you really, before we start really researching this topic, just a lot of ignorance really about where where fat goes when we burn it. We all know that we like to lose body fat and look leaner, but where does that fat go? To be honest, I've never even thought about it <laughs> a lot. I've never been taught yeah. it. Um, but there is some really interesting research out there, but it's never really spoken about a lot in the mainstream, even in like some of the courses we've done. For some strange reason, me and you both fell onto this topic kind of at the same time, didn't we? And then we got yeah. fascinated with it. So it's, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating when you actually realize how amazing that your bodies are. And of course, we all think that fat is fat is bad, but fat is really good. It's what our hormones are made of. It's cushioning for our joints. It's like it supports our organs. It's like when your brain needs fat. Every, Everything needs, you need at certain levels of fat in your body. So it's not bad. I mean, we've done a whole podcast on the fat. It needs a, a new PR service, doesn't it, fat? Yeah, I think the key point you said there was certain levels of fat. It's when people have excess body fat mm. that, that it becomes a problem. So then when we take steps to reduce that excess body fat, where the hell does that fat go? Where <laughs> does like, it go? It doesn't just, it doesn't just vanish. Okay, there's a kind of a law of physics that says nothing can be destroyed, nothing can be created, but everything can be transformed. Mm. So the fat turns into something, but where the hell does it go? What does it turn into? That's what we're going to talk about. Yes. And like for this kind of stuff, you need a chemistry degree, really, don't you, to understand it. But we're going to try and explain it without a chemistry degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and Jill have no background in biochemistry or advanced <laughs> mathematics because that's what it boils down to, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we should we should both from the from like early on in this podcast say that there's a, a guy called Ruben Miaman who you've read his book and I've listened to his TED talks on YouTube. And he's kind of the champion of this this whole movement about where does fat go? And his stuff is absolutely brilliant, isn't it? So yeah. what's what's his book called again? It's I was just looking there, it's called Big Fat Myths. When you lose weight, where does the fat go? Cool. So if you, if everyone's finds this topic interesting, he is really, really good. Get the book. And he's got two TED Talks on YouTube. The best one is called The Mathematics of Weight Loss. It's, a, it's about 15 minutes long. He does crazy experiments on stage and he's, he's quite witty. He's got a good sense of humor and he, he makes a complex subject seem interesting and easy to understand, which is the sign of someone who really knows the stuff. Yeah. So when you want to lose weight, like there's all these fancy diets, isn't there? You know, you just have to Google weight loss and you see like massive amounts of books, but it all boils down to exactly the same thing on an atomic level. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So where do we start? <laughs> <sighs> okay. That is a big sigh. So there's a big clue as to where where it goes yeah so, we should, yeah we should probably jump to the the really simple answer straight away <laughs> yeah so, so dan where does it go yeah so there was actually ruben talking about ruben neiman he interviewed 150 doctors dietitians and personal trainers who 
obviously work in the field of health and weight loss and fat loss. And he asked them where they thought fat went when, when we lose body fat. And no one knew the answer. The most common answers were it gets converted to heat. It gets transferred into muscle. It just disappears. It goes back into the universe. Okay. And no one knew the answer. So Ruben Mayman went on his own little mission and discovered the answer, which is breathing. It gets exhaled as breath through the chemical reaction. When fat is broken down, we turn it into carbon dioxide and we breathe it out through breath. I think it's 84%. And then the other 16% gets broken down into water, which we lose through sweat and urine and also a little bit in the breath. So yeah, we breathe away our fat. So you breathe your fat out of your body. So this um, for every 10 kilograms of human triglyceride fat, 8.4 grams is exhaled as carbon dioxide. And the rest is uh, the 1.6 kilograms becomes water and just gets reabsorbed into your body and used or breathed out. So there you go. Isn't it a strange thing? So if you've lost 10 kilos over six months through diet and exercise, you're breathing away that fat. You breathe it, it sounds yeah. strange, but all that's happening is that that fat is made up of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. And then you're breaking the bonds between those molecules. Then your body can then breathe out through carbon dioxide. You breathe it out of your body because it's yeah. now the structure's broken down. It's literally just biochemistry. But I have never even thought about that. I thought it was just used for fuel and it just disappears. Yeah. Then, like one of the first laws of biochemistry is, yeah, nothing is created, nothing is destroyed, everything is transformed. So you just transform and fat into its individual molecules and then breathing it away. I mean, when you think about it, the answer is there all the time. We're all taught that we breathe in oxygen, O2, and we breathe out carbon dioxide, CO2. So where does that extra molecule of the C come from? And we just taught it's a waste product, but we're not taught that it's actually fat we just think like i thought that you just pooed it out or weed it out or sweated it out i mean that's what you said wasn't you like i'm gonna burn it off but really you're gonna breathe it out <laughs> yeah so i think the whole burn it off thing comes from the fact that you need to metabolize that fat into mm. adenosine triphosphate which our muscles are fueled on yeah um but for that reaction to occur we need oxygen so we need to breathe hence why breathing is so important for fat loss yeah. Um, so but yeah, you can't just we... sit there and go, right, I'm losing a lot of fat now. No, that would that would just be hyperventilation. So that's <laughs> that's probably the most common thing what people say. Well, if I just breathe away the fat, can I not just breathe more? <laughs> I'll lose yeah, weight. Like, no. But you have to have a stimulus for the fat to be used as fuel to increase your breathing in the first place. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> that's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? Because we could all just sit there and go, right. <laughs> I'm losing 10 kilograms of fat now. <laughs> yeah, no, that, there has to be a stimulus to increase your breathing. But yeah, so like you say, you, you breathe in O2, you breathe out CO2. So where does the where does the C, the, the C carbon, come from? come from? And it's yeah. really interesting. So the carbon comes from your food. You think you eat carbohydrates. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's all in the language, but we, you never, I've never we put two and two together. Day. Oh, yeah, I'm exactly. stopping eating carbs. Like, why <laughs> do you stop eating carbs and then like <laughs> yeah, i'm, yeah, I'm gonna reduce my carbon intake so <laughs> yeah all food is carbon so everything that you put into your body is carbon and then that's how it comes out co2 and so food and oxygen going in so car- carbon <laughs> and oxygen 
going into your body. We breathe in, we eat food, CO2, carbon dioxide come, and water coming back out. Literally Simple. just an equation. Yeah. So, you know, when you said, if you want to lose 10 kilos of fat, yeah. Okay. So on a, like a mathematical equation to burn 10 kilos of fat requires inhaling 29 kilograms of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got 10 kilos of fat, 29 kilos of oxygen, add them together, you get 39 kilos. So this creates putting these two together, the fat burning and the oxygen in 39 kilos. This as a consequence, this creates 28 kilograms of carbon dioxide and 11 kilograms of water. So 28 plus 11 is 39. So 39 gets burned up, creates 39. Like I said, nothing can be destroyed. Nothing can be created. Everything is transformed. So you're just turning fat and oxygen into carbon dioxide and water at the exact same level because you cannot make anything vanish. You just turn one thing into another. another. You're just turning your fat into breath and we. (laughs) That's all it is. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I've got a visual for you. If you think about your fat, as in like if you grow up, you haven't got any fat down, have you? Well, I do. I just try and keep it quite low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like if you grab your fat, like grab your belly fat or something, we visualize, how do you visualize that? Like I once went to a diet club thing with my mum and the woman there, like my mum used to love a diet club, like Weight Watchers, and she brought out like all the fat that she cut off her meat. And it was like solid fat. You think of it like the the rind off a, a pig. What is that? What's that called? Pot. <laughs> yeah the animal's called pig and the meat is called pork what's the thing with the rind it is called the rind isn't it i think so yeah yeah so the fat round of thing that you make that nice why can't i think of any words today you know you make that nice crackling from isn't it you, you oh yeah, think, yeah, yeah you think of when you think of fat as you losing fat you always see these people bring out this big lump of solid fat don't you and you think yeah. that's what i've got but Actually, our fat in our body is liquid form. It's exactly like if you visualize a, a bottle of vegetable oil, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same chemically made up and as our fat. We're 37 degrees as a human. So our fat is at body temperature and it's 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 a liquid. It's it's yellow in color and it's a liquid. And yeah, so to, to visualize it, if you want to lose five kilograms of fat, Visualize five bottles of vegetable oil, five one liter bottles of vegetable oil, and that's exactly what you're going to be losing. Um, that's so crazy to think about it that way. It seems like it seems like how was that even in my body? But <laughs> to be honest, like I've, again, I've never even thought about this until you said I've visualized that body fat as you get the old thing where you just see like on videos where they have like a lump of yellow fat, but it's solid. Yeah, but yeah, solid fat. yeah you do, of, but of it's course not... it's not going to be like that because we're 37 degrees. And we wouldn't be able to move if we had a big lump of solid fat like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> around exactly. us. So it is, it's, it's a liquid. Our fat is liquid in our body. And um, yeah, to, to visualize that, it just looks exactly like, so, uh, so one kilogram of fat looks like one liter of vegetable oil. And that's what you're losing. That's crazy. So if someone lost 10 kilos of body fat, which some people do, they go on diets and they, okay, they change yeah. their life around, they lose 10 kilos of body fat. And then you lined up 10 litre bottles of vegetable oil and say that was once in your body and you've lost all that. It seems almost unimaginable. <laughs> yeah. But like fair play when people do that. But how does that not cause so many more adverse health effects when that is in your body, when it's just excess? Because we've spoke about this before, when you have, all that excess stored body fat sometimes it's created because it stores 
toxins in the body. When your body kind of process mm. like toxins through junk food and through like environmental things like aerosols and, and fumes, the liver kind of cope with detoxing all of those toxic substances. So it creates fat cells and it stores the toxin inside of the fat cell. Mm. So often when people do go on diets and they, they lose weight and they start to burn this fat off, trouble is it then does release that toxin mm-hmm. back into the bloodstream so it can get processed and getting rid of essentially. So some people do when they go on diets and stuff, they get some negative health effects initially because all mm-hmm. those toxins which were stored in that excess body fat get released and then you might feel like flu symptoms, headaches, you might get some kind of weird tastes in your mouth. There's, there's mm-hmm. a long list of symptoms. So for anyone who's experienced that, there is an actual reason why that happens. It's not just because you've changed your lifestyle and you're craving those old foods. It's because all those toxins, which your body couldn't cope with, it stored them in the fat. And then when the fat gets burned, those toxins have to go somewhere and you, you feel a negative health effect again. Interesting Weird, isn't stuff. It? I know. And not all fat cells are the same. So if you hold fat around your middle, um, which is called visceral fat, this is more dangerous because it also includes hormones in the structure of the fat cells. Um, and there's, there's two hormones that you've got to watch out for. One's called tumor necrosis factor, which just sounds horrendous in its own way, doesn't it? And the other one's called interleucin number six. And both of those hormones increase the risk of cardiovascular disease, insulin sensitivity, blood pressure and clotting issue, blood clotting issues. So like, it's not just the fat, it's what the fat is holding onto, those hormones that get combined with the fat. And of course, hormones are made out of fat as well. So they, they're kind of like interlinked together. Yeah, you've got to watch out for the adipose, the visceral fat. Yeah, when you, you see people with that really distended abdomen and you're yeah. carrying all the fat around the midsection, they just carry the weight around the hips and the stomach. That's really dangerous because that's where all your, your vital organs are. And mm. like exactly what you just said, probably safer when you see people who have fat on the limbs and things like that because it's it's not on their internal organs. I don't know why that happens, but how some people carry fat in different places. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pretend that I know, but yeah, if you do have that really distended abdomen and you carry fat around your stomach, that's then it's it's a lot more dangerous than having it on your limbs. Yeah. I've got an interesting fact here. So if you imagine a can of Coke with about 40 grams of sugar in it, it produces, when you drink that, 60 grams of carbon dioxide. So at rest, it takes around 1,840 breaths to exhale all the carbon. Yeah. So again, we spoke about earlier. It's just, it's just maths. Getting rid of what you put in your body. It's all just an equation. What goes in has to come out. Yeah. So if you're consuming, so the amount of calories in, what, what did you say was it? The average kind of quote is 40, 40 grams of sugar, 40 produces grams of sugar. 60 grams of carbon dioxide. Yeah. So imagine if you're having two liters of Coke a day and a Big Mac with like a chocolate sundae, and then you're having a pizza the day after the literal amount that you have to breathe <laughs> to get rid of all <laughs> those all the carbon enough, which you put you? in your body. You can't breathe enough to possibly get rid of it. Hence why we just start as body fat. Yeah. So, and I've never thought about it that way before. The more calories you eat, the more and more you eat, eventually you're just going to run out of time to breathe it all away. Yeah, you can't so, breathe it out. You can't yeah. physically breathe it out. No, and yeah. you kind of just do more breathing because that's just hyperventilate. You just hyperventilate. Your body has to have a reason to increase its breathing rate, like exercise, which increases your heart rate, which increases the demand on the muscles, which requires more oxygen, which requires more breathing. But you kind of work out for 24 hours <laughs> either. Yeah, you can't do it, can you? Uh, um, so to get rid of all of that 40 grams of sugar, you'd have to breathe for about an hour and 40 minutes. 
And that would be enough carbon dioxide to fill 55 average party balloons. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we should all start blowing up party balloons to get rid of a few fat cells. (laughs) Yeah. So when we were speaking at the start about Ruben Meerman, and I said he's got a good TED talk, so he does a visual representation of that on the stage. So he (laughs) he fills up the balloon, and then he pours liquid nitrogen on the balloon, and that turns the breath inside into a liquid so you can actually see because obviously when we breathe uh, we can't yeah, see yeah. it can we so yeah. but if you pour liquid nitrogen on it for whatever reason it turns that uh, gas into a liquid so it, like you can see how like how much uh, carbon is in your breath <laughs> it's crazy yeah think. so it's crazy so we still need to exercise obviously to create the heat to put the demands on our body to start breaking down the fat to allow us to breathe it out so you can't like we said we can't just sit there and breathe more you have to your body has to have the stress put onto it to to do that but it really does um negate all of these weird diets that people have like you must only eat after 12 o'clock or you must only eat when the moon is rising and the cock is crowing and all of this kind of weird diet shit it really is just based on carbon in versus the amount of carbon that you can get out your system with the amount of exercise that you you want to do it's all of a mathematical equation really isn't it yeah exactly so just find some form of exercise which you enjoy okay if you need to lose body fat just be in a, a slight calorie deficit mm-hmm. okay you can work out how much you need it's easy go online figure out your metabolic rate figure out how much exercise you do just eat slightly less exercise yeah. slightly more just and keep breathing out because don't stop breathing <laughs> and just play the long game and you will you will lose body fat. It's you can't not lose body fat. It's easier when you're younger. It does get slightly harder when you get older. But on a, a biochemistry and a mathematical scale, that's mm-hmm. literally all it is, isn't it? I mean, you could eat less of anything, really. It could be less McDonald's, less donuts, less anything. But of course, there's the health benefits of all the other stuff, like your gut health and brain and all, yeah, that, and all that stuff. The vitamins but, and the minerals and healthy food. Yeah, yeah it's not just a, there's, there used to be a whole diet trend of if it fits your macros. So yeah. you could just, you think, well, well, I need 1000 calories a day, but a tub of ice cream has that Yeah. But compared to, you know, organic steak and broccoli, you're yes. obviously going to be better because of the minerals and nutrition and stuff. So, yeah. So you've got, but if you just want to lose weight, it is just literally eat less, move more, keep breathing. And it's very relevant because you're going through your whole breathing mission at the moment. Yeah. So it goes to prove how vital it is to have a really good, like healthy lungs and being able to actually breathe properly oh yeah it plays in so well if, mm-hmm. if you breathe in a way the fat that you're burning surely you're going to want your lungs to be able to to breathe at their full capacity and actually be working correctly exactly and when you think about people's posture poor posture sitting at desks all day eating crap like your breathing mechanics are just like them you your muscles your breath muscles all of those things are just not working properly and that will be storing all that those toxins in your body they can't get rid of them a lot of people are like constipated, you know, that whole it's so they're not getting rid of toxins that way. So people have become really toxic. It's little wonder that people have like migraines, headaches, digestive problems. All of those kind of things can be linked back to you, your breath, breathing muscles as well. Yeah. So if you want to get rid of all that stuff that you're burning, so if you're putting hard work in by exercising more, you know, being on a diet, but your, your breathing is horrendous, you know, your, your mouth breathe, you kind of take deep breaths then you probably aren't getting rid of all that fat that you're burning. Open your lungs up. It's, you're always going to feel better for it and breathe away that fat. 
breathe it away. Hey, that's a good, like, we should call We've had that on a T-shirt. Breathe away that fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I've got a little fact for you. Tour de France. The Tour de France cyclists during an average day burn around 8,000 calories. That includes their full day of resting and doing all that. They can't eat that many calories because it would be like having three full English breakfasts just for breakfast. So, <laughs> <laughs> And they're really small people, aren't they? They're like very I know, spiked. and they're like, well, they don't carry any fat on them either, do they? No. So um, the average person eating the same as a Tour de France rider would, over the 22 days that it takes for the Tour de France to um, complete, gain 11 kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows you how hard they're working, doesn't it? Yeah, but like how many people like say, oh, I've done a Zumba class and I've burned like six, 700 calories. It's like you didn't fucking burn 700 calories in a Zumba class. There's no way. Like a Tour de France rider riding flat out up and down mountains burns like a 10% of that. It's like you've stood in a class for an hour, gone like moved your arms around a bit, and <laughs> moved your legs around a bit. There's no way that you've burned that amount of calories. Like it's just these are elite athletes as well, and they're burning so much. They've got mus they've got muscles. They're, you know, like everybody burns must like fat differently, don't they? So it's um there's more people. What I'm trying to say here is people underestimate how much they can burn off and overestimate is that the right way around no yeah yeah people overestimate the importance of exercise and underestimate yeah diet and, and they do it to a such a degree that it's scary that's why a lot of people yeah. don't get any results there's the yeah. old there's the old thing if you can't out train a bad diet you, you, that, you absolutely can't that's exactly what people try and do they want to go out on a weekend and drink and eat crap and then monday tuesday wednesday they hammer the gym but you're barely even putting a dent in the extra caloric surplus you've put yourself in. No, I always think of it as like saving up all your money to go to Vegas. So you've got all this money, you go and splurge it all on a weekend at Vegas, but you know, further forward, <laughs> you come back and you're still, so you've created this calorie deficit, there's, yeah. there's money in the bank, then you go and spend it all at the weekend. You're not going to get anywhere, are you really? No, it's, it's like we said, it's comes out as basic maths at the end of the day as well. But yeah. the the trouble is, it's it's easier saying this that you you can't out train a bad diet. It's so true, but it's just it's getting out of those bad habits and these unhealthy foods is so addictive. And the trouble is, they designed to be addictive as well. Humans are crafty mm. creatures. Companies who want to make money make these foods addictive, and they get you they get you hooked on them at an early age. And it's very yeah. very hard to break that cycle. I was just reading in the paper yesterday that um, the UK is set to become the most obese um, nation in Europe by 2025. Oh, that's embarrassing, isn't it? Like, I think it said like 45% of adults are going to be obese, classes of obese. Like 45%? Can you, like, I can't even like... Yeah, it's like, just crazy, like, yeah. Think that. And our standard of living, our quality of living is so high. We are so privileged to live in such, like, in such good conditions. Mm. That we, it's it's almost too easy. It's, we live such an easy life that it's we can just sit and order a takeaway and literally get it delivered to your door. Ugh. You can you can drive everywhere. You sit in front of the telly watching Netflix. There's no stimulus. We everyone's glued to the mobile phone. It's everything is so easy that no wonder we've become fat and obese and sluggish and have like no creativity or drive or you know no. or libido. Ugh. Yeah, 
obesity is directly linked to 200,000 new cancer cases per year. Like it is predicted that obesity will overtake smoking as the main risk factor for preventable cancers in the coming decades. Yeah, it's just a death sentence, carrying all that extra fat. Having online food deliveries and exposure to junk food, obesity rates were increasing despite the attempts of present government policies to reduce them. It's uh, like I was just reading in, in the book, the Ruben, the Ruben book. He was saying that um, in uh, like if you look research on like the uh, medical publications list, you get over 330,000 um, citations for obesity. Prior to 1945, there was only 75 citations. So like it's had a massive exponential growth. And it's a bit scary that people don't know how they they get rid of fat when when there's this massive growth of obesity. And most studies that have studied obesity um, have either used self-reporting, which we know that from (laughs) from us doing like training people for how many years, uh, that people will lie. They lie to themselves about oh, how God. much food that yeah, they eat, you do. know. Like, oh, I'll just not put that ten thousand biscuits and yeah, wine I'd, on my list. I do it, and I'm very conscious of what I eat. But <laughs> yeah, I still too. do it. I still I do it as well. Like, well, yeah, I'll not put that bag of this, <laughs> that bag of hula hoops down. <laughs> they <laughs> don't count, it? right? And um, yeah, so so most of the studies are based on self-reporting, which we know is like is just not a good way to do it, or based on rats and mice, which Again, give us a bit of like the biochemistry of it, but we're humans, we're not a rat or a mouse. Yeah, so. but the evidence is all around us. Just go to the nearest high street and look around how unhealthy the population is. And it's it's so selfish as well. People who are just obese because they're lazy and they don't want to put the effort in. And then they've got children and they're role models for other people. And they're just setting those kids up to be exactly the same. Because children, they won't do what you tell them, but they'll never fail to emulate the parents. That's why uh, parents who smoke, I think the chances of the kids smoking, they go up exponentially because kids just copy off the parents. They emulate the role models. Yeah. So if you're, if you're obese and you think that you love your children, and you do love your children and you want to look after them, but they're going to emulate them. They're going to emulate you. If you're 10 kilos overweight, the chances of them being overweight and just copying off your habits just goes up drastically. So it's yeah. about it. If, if you cannot find that trigger to lose the weight, just think about you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for your kids and your grandkids. You are their role model. They will copy of you. Yeah. And there's a lot of obese people, like people with obesity that are got mental health issues and stuff like that as well, isn't there? So it's mm. like, it's a very complicated problem. Like I think it's a very deep problem like but why have we got such a problem with it you know like is it the advertising what they were saying in that article as well is like the government like the the food bodies are very um you know it's like anything they're all high up in the government aren't they they're all got their fingers in the there's a lot of manipulation so they um yeah so there is a lot of manipulation like you say they make the food very addictive they make it um very accessible they're cheap always cheap yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's all sorts like multifactional things that are there for like that a bit like if you've if you've got a tendency to obesity but what Ruben was saying in in his book was like there's we all live in the same environment so why is there a third or two thirds or coming up to like just over a half of people who aren't obese so 
look at it from the other side. What are the people doing who live in the same environment or, or um, you know, have got the same triggers and the same, um, you know, pressures and the same things coming at them? Why yeah. are some people not obese when others are? Like, that's an interesting way to frame it, I think. Yeah, it come, I think it comes down to, obviously, it's multifactorial, but we said this so much, don't take health advice from sick doctors. Yeah. So look at someone who you admire. If someone has a good looking body and they seem healthy and energetic and they seem like a good role model, copy off what they do. Like that's not rocket science, is it? Mm. <laughs> Some people are just so soft. That's what it is. We have so many excuses to, to not exercise. I don't have time mm. to eat healthy meals. I, I can't afford it. I don't really like exercise. The, we could sit here and list a million reasons why you can. People just want an easy get out clause a lot of the time. There is some complex cases where, you know, it's, it takes a lot more figuring out why people um, gain weight. But I would say for the vast majority of people, they're just so soft and they're just not disciplined enough just to do the simple, boring, hard work. But the benefits are going to totally outweigh that. Mm -hmm. And like I say, you're going to pass those healthy habits on to your kids and your grandkids. So yeah, stop being soft and selfish for most people, I would say. Gosh, you're a hard taskmaster. Is, is it not true, though? Is it? You've been on the And it's yeah. all, it's again, like it's when you see people work in a gym environment, you get people who come to the gym like six, seven days a week and they, they look worse. So even that's <laughs> selfish by not not finding, like seeking knowledge and, and not comprehending what you're doing. Because if you're, if your kids or your, or your people who you, you are role model to, see you working your ass off every day in the gym and getting worse, then they must lose hope. <laughs> you must think, tell me mom and dad. Well, why are they getting worse in. if they're working their asses off? They just because they don't, they don't comprehend what they're doing. They want to okay. outwork a bad diet. They want to go okay. to the gym and just do an hour of cardio and then go home and eat a pizza and drink a bottle of wine. Okay, got you. You know what I mean? So there's no yeah. comprehension. So um, consistency without comprehension is just a waste of time. You have to have the two C's comprehend what you're doing and then, then be consistent you can be consistently bad at anything <laughs> yeah we're all being consistent <laughs> yeah just consistently is it good eating or, shit is it good or bad yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that was dan's rant for the day <laughs> had to get that out i think he's having a bad day <laughs> <laughs> this is the time for us instructors where like everybody who we've put all of our efforts into since january suddenly start dropping off the, <laughs> the wire isn't it you know like, reverting to yeah. old habits and stuff so yeah i think like yeah it is a bit frustrating isn't it when like you can totally see why someone is failing and and all it the is, excuses it's difficult. that people come up with yeah, yeah. And it's it's not easy like we're not, not sitting here saying it's, this is an easy thing to do because it, it bloody isn't. I've, I've no. had weight problems in the past. And you know what? The only thing that's worked for me is less carbon in, more carbon out. <laughs> yeah. And if, you, if you just get the calculator out, I'm just going to get rid of this carbon. I'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, it's just energy. Energy going in versus energy going out. And yeah, eat less, move more and breathe. Yeah. And my final point is we, we've said this on loads of podcasts. I'm but, um, the, the final point. No, it's not, it's, I'm not going the drill sergeants out of me now. That was a bit of a rant. <laughs> um, it's, it's the whole thing of it annoys me because I was talking to my mom the other day as well, and she started doing exercise classes. And uh, I think they had a discussion in the exercise class about like, I haven't lost any weight. And one of her friends said, oh, well, it's, it's just turned into muscle. So it's it's the whole thing of fat cannot turn into muscle. The two metabolically totally different things. 
Okay, it's just an illusion. If you you might drop body fat, but you also might gain muscle. So it's just an illusion that may appear to the untrained eye that the fat has turned it to muscle, but it's not. Mm. The body fat has decreased and the muscle mass has increased. So your weight on the scales might be the same, but your body shape has totally changed. You haven't miraculously turned fat into muscle. It doesn't work like that. You've breathed the fat out <laughs> and you've gained muscle. Yeah, by, like uh, we've all got a six pack, overload. haven't we? It's just hidden. <laughs> just hidden in a flesh coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all my muscles are hidden in a flesh coat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hope. Have you got anything else to say, Dan? Like, um, let me just check my notes because I had some good notes here. Oh, did you know, right? I've got some, this is just my final points that to round everything up with. Um, your fat cells that you had, that you've got now, are not the same as they were 10 years ago. The average age of your fat cell is 10 years. Um, and they have a death rate of 10% per annum. Obviously, they're replenished, but they're, yeah. you know, they're not, they don't just disappear and they don't just die. Wouldn't that be good if your fat cells died? So if you just lo- lived long enough, you'd lose weight. <laughs> but nothing dies. Everything is just transformed. Exactly. Um, fat cells in your feet and in, in your knees are really important for shock absorbing. So you told me this before we started the podcast. And I, have, <laughs> I was shocked that people have fat knees. I've <laughs> didn't, got fat didn't knees. Know it was a thing. <laughs> I thought knees were just like cartilage and bone and ligaments and tendons. <laughs> no, I've got like fat knees. I've hated them forever but now i realize that actually me fat knees i've got shock absorbing so i don't ever have any knee problems so there you go guys get some get some fat injected in there <laughs> um it's interesting when you said that your, your fat cells die it was it 10 percent per was it yeah per, per um, year it's when you think about uh, there's been a few different studies and i don't know if they've like, come to an agreement on when you your cells are constantly replenishing themselves all yeah. the time so there were some studies saying that you're actually a whole new person in the in 365 days because all the cells oh, have replaced. Yeah, yeah. And there's another research that said it took like seven years. So I don't know which one's correct. But even if you take the, the, the seven-year figure, the fact that you're literally a totally brand new person in seven years is, I think, really interesting. So if you take into account the thing that we always say, you are what you eat. You literally are. Your cells are made from the food that you eat. Mm-hmm. So in seven years or one year, whichever study you want to go with, do you want to be made out of, you know, organic steak and vegetables? Or do you want to be made out of Big Macs? Because that is exactly what is happening. Your cells are made from the food that you eat in either a year or seven years, whichever one you want to take. That's what you're going to be. So do you want to be a Big Mac or do you want to be a, a bison burger? Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a Big Mac or the finest steak? Yeah, filet yeah. mignon. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, on that note, Dan, that was a good one. Um, so yeah, so you breathe out the fat, eat less, move more, breathe. Hopefully we've uh, you've been enlightened to that one because I found this interesting learning about it, and it's uh, I think we should be spoken about more. And obviously yeah. Ruben, me and he's like say he's the he's the big right. voice in this category, and he's he's really good. So like we said at the start, he's got a book, he's got some YouTube videos. Hopefully we've you know we've uh, we've piqued your interest in this topic. Yeah, he writes books for children. And so when you read his book, it's a bit like, some of it's a bit like, yay, come on. Like, <laughs> like as if he's written it for a child. A child. But yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely one for reading. Of course, we've just gone through the whole thing as well. So it's like, yeah, look him up. It's yeah, good. cool. So our we're going to do a similar one, a similar topic soon, aren't we? So in my mind, when I thought about this topic, where does fat go? But also where does muscle come from? 
So mm. stay tuned soon. So we're going to, because we all know when we do that body recomposition, we lose fat, we gain muscle, we look better. Where does that muscle actually come from? Again, it doesn't just How appear do out of thin muscle? air. <laughs> Nothing is created. Yeah, yeah. So How do you build muscle? And the most effective ways for building muscle as well, we're going to talk about. Yeah, cool. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. And as always, we are available on Spotify, Ask Alexa, Google Casts, um, Podbean. Of course, we've changed our name to the Supernatural Podcast now. So if all your links may not work, so you may have to refresh your links. But um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it today. Yeah, brilliant. Remember to subscribe, like, helps us get the podcast out there. And we'll be back soon with another topic. Yeah, see you soon.